Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, the St. Louis Blues win streak was vanquished at the hands of Stanley Cup rival Boston Bruins. However, the point streak still remains. They did lose 3-2 to two in overtime, so win streak is over, but point streak is still there, so we were talking about that game. And then, after that, we're going to be going into the St. Louis Blues' latest game of the season, I believe, tonight at 10.30 Eastern Time, 9.30 Central, against the San Jose Sharks, a team that they have really owned for the past few years, so... Little bit of a little bit of a, a somber beginning to the episode with a loss to talk about for the first time in forever, but after that we'll get back into the positive vibes because the Blues have a pretty pretty opportune chance to get a win tonight against the Sharks. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lockdown Blues Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman, and I'm joined, as always, by Thomas Welch. We had a fun episode for you guys today, like I said. Before we get into it, I wanted to thank anyone and everyone out there for making Lockdown Blues your first listen, because we are free and available on all podcast platforms. All right, Tommy, so for the first time in a very long time, we got to have a, a negative vibes uh, segment in our episode. At least a little bit, because we did lose a hockey game. I forgot what it felt like, but it happened. Lost it overtime, like we've done a lot this year, against the Boston Bruins. Um, what do you think? Are you worried? You panicked? Oh, I'm terrified, dude. The Blues just looked absolutely awful. They came out there flat-footed, and uh, just a despicable performance from this team. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, like the winning streak came to an end, but I mean... Unless the Blues won every game for the rest of the season and the rest of the postseason, it, it was always going to have to come to an end at some point, right? Um, and from their performance, like, yeah, you can say the Blues came out flat. They didn't have a great second period. Um, didn't have a great third period. Uh, they were a little bit slow. And I think it just boils down to the fact they're fatigued. I mean, this team's played a lot of games in the month of April already. Uh, at the point when they played the Bruins, they played three games in the span of four days, uh, I believe. So, I mean, that's going to take a toll on anybody, even the hottest team in the NHL right now. So at the end of the day, am I worried? No. Is this team still Stanley Cup bound, potentially, with the way that they're playing right now? Uh, Are they an absolute wagon? Absolutely, 100% yes, and I'm still 100% all the way on board. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the losing team is going to come to an end eventually. They're still, what, 11-0-2? In their last 13 games, with one of those losses coming uh, in a game against the Edmonton Oilers where they were down 5-1 to one or something like that, 4-1, to one, something crazy like that. And then another one coming against maybe the second hottest team in the NHL. Well, not, not so much as of late, but one of the hottest teams in the NHL in the Boston Bruins, um, team that always matches up against them. Well, you can't be upset. Those losses were going to happen, and the point streak is still there. Um I don't really think that they... I think they're going for the longest in franchise history tonight, if I'm not mistaken. The longest point streak in franchise longest history? Longest point streak. I'm going to have to look that up while I believe you're... so. Yeah, I mean, anytime you can string a win streak together that long, it's impressive, and it means they're doing a lot of things right. And I don't think that we really saw anything in that Bruins game that was like bad habits rearing their ugly head or anything like that. Like Anything that like 
we would be concerned would carry over into the San Jose game. You know, they struggled in the second period a little bit, um, but they've historically dominated second periods um, this season. And, you know, they, they weren't the best on special teams. They were historically really good on special teams. Uh, I don't really think that there's anything that, that I'm like, oh, man, if, if this happens in the Sharks game tonight as well, I'm worried. I, I think that they played as well as they could have given the circumstances. Um, and I, I still think this team is, has as much potential as they've had uh, before their win streak was snapped. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think um, like you can't get too far one way or the other, uh, especially when it comes to the regular season, just because the playoffs are such a different beast, like we always say. But, I mean, it's hard not to get excited about what this roster looks like on paper and the performance that we've been seeing from uh, this offense as of late, especially the Buchnevich, Thomas, and Tarasenko line. I think you were saying before the uh, before the podcast that the top three point getters in the entire month of April for the entire NHL are those three, Robert Thomas, Tarasenko. And, and it's Buchnevich. not even close. I, we should take a little bit to talk about that. Um, month of April is coming to a close, kind of, sort of. Um, and in terms of the entire NHL, if you made a list of points for the month of April, it is Vladimir Tarasenko, Robert Thomas, and Pavel Buchnevich, and then nobody is is within three points of them. The next person has three three less points than the three of those guys. So they are not only are they one, two, and three, they're kind of uh, a step ahead of the rest of the competition, which is ridiculous. You know, I feel like anytime you see a line heat up like that, there's always kind of one guy that runs away with it, two guys that run away with it. But to have all three, 21 points, 20 points, and 20 points in the month of April just goes to show how well they're clicking and how well they're playing together. Yeah, so it's going to be exciting to watch them. I mean, if you can even fathom what their play might look like in the playoffs if they take it up a notch, I mean, how can you not be excited about this team going into the first-round matchup, which is all but locked against the Minnesota I think it is locked if they they get Uh, a point tonight. If the Wild get a point yeah, tonight. Yeah, if they get a point tonight. So it'll be interesting to see for sure. And we've had the Minnesota Wilds number over the last three years as well. So like your chances in that matchup, uh, like our chances tonight against the San Jose Sharks because we've had their number as well. So Yeah, we'll yeah, absolutely. In this second segment, we're going to sort of transition into, excuse me, a preview of that San Jose Sharks game. Still a little bit of housekeeping to wrap up, you know, just from the... We, we took a day off from the episode, so a couple, couple things to go over as well. But yeah, second and third segment, we're going to really be previewing tonight's Sharks game and then giving an outlook on the last, what is it, five games left? The last five games of the regular season? We're getting down to the wire, so make sure you stay tuned. But first, I wanted to tell you guys about one of our newer sponsors, and that is Shady Rays. Now, Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of a $200 pair of sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses well-constructed durable frames and premium high-end finishes also something you won't find anywhere else is shady rays insane protection program shady rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair they'll send you a new a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happens so give them a try and if you don't love them you'll pay nothing it's as simple as that plus 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in america when you shop with shady rays exclusively for our listeners so head to shadyrays.com use code locked on you'll get 50 percent off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses that's code locked on for their best deal of the season 50 percent off two or more pairs of shady rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews and we'll be right back all 
All right, Tommy. So we spent a segment kind of talking a little, a little negative, not really, uh, for the first time in a long time. But you know, I think there were positive elements in that Bruins game. Uh, it wasn't all positive. Yeah, yeah. So pause. Yeah, Robert Thomas's tip was on point. Um, oh, pause. <laughs> Bigger pause. Um, no, but I, we could talk about that. But yeah, I mean. The the offensive magic was still there, and and just to go go over that goal again, I mean scramble sort of at the end of the period, Vladimir Tarasenko, great awareness of the clock winding down, um, kind of just throws a backhand floater on net. Robert Thomas coming across the crease, times it absolutely perfectly. No Thanks for coming. One v one, sticks the stick out, bounces the puck past the goalie. Beautiful goal. Kind of even difficult to figure out what happened at first if you're watching it um real time but yeah amazing goal there yeah dude i think it's just another like element of like the confidence that we've seen from robert tom i mean when you're when you're out there pirouetting and doing 360s in front of the net and still manage looks like uh it just looks looks like jeff skinner pulling off his figure skating moves out there literally yeah like it's just it it almost like it's like goal scoring comes second nature to robert thomas these days which is weird because Two months ago, we were yelling at the dude, please, for the love of God, shoot the puck. And now we're like, okay, um, not not shoot it less, but like, I mean, the dude's scoring on 360 tips. So it's like, he's come a long way in a short amount of time. Uh, and I think it is just due to confidence. Like, I think the goal scoring has always been there. Uh, but his bread and butter was always making those passes and setting up teammates. And probably take a lot of pride in that as like being a center and being that playmaker role. But uh, when you can kind of have a double-edged sword like Robert Thomas has when it comes to that skill set of offensive production, I mean, we've seen it in juniors. Like, this dude can score the puck. He can set up his teammates like nobody's business. Like, probably, like, one of the best passers in the league by a long shot. Uh, But he also has one-on-one skills, which I think we've seen flashes of at times, like when he's skating over the blue line he'll just do some kind of like cheeky like between the legs thing but like i think when it comes down to it like if you had a one-on-one with a d-man and said like hey break this guy's ankles and then go score i think if he really wanted to he could do it um i think it's just another level of that confidence to where we can see uh his full game and his full potential take its form he's only 22 years old so i don't i don't think he's near what he's capable of but i think he's He's showing flashes of what he's capable of, and that is promising for any Blues fan, and especially uh, for friends of the pod <laughs> like Ooh, we are with Robert That's Tom. very true. Um, one other element that I want to talk about is the penalty kill for the St. Louis Blues. I don't know what the game streak is, but the Blues haven't allowed a power play goal against in a very long time. I, I don't know what the statistic is, but it's relevant to the point of um when you get into the playoffs a lot of times a lot of games are going to be kind of decided by that special teams edge and the blues have had a really strong power play all season the penalty kill has been fine but now all of a sudden the penalty kill is coming out and literally making it impossible to score uh what do you what have you seen tommy you think out of that penalty kill and just out of the blues defense in general that's kind of changed a little bit recently kind of flipped the script and and been dominant at times i honestly i think it's just an identity thing because Obviously, like, the talk of the town at the trade deadline was losing Oscar Sundquist, who, like, you can talk about, like, being a shell of his former self, even though 
Uh, he certainly doesn't look like it in this short stint with the Detroit Red Wings. He seems like he's scoring every night. Um, but that was a big part of the Blues penalty kill was Oscar Sundquist and dropping down, blocking shots, uh, being aggressive on the forecheck and the backcheck and winning those board battles. And I think uh, the Blues realized that they kind of had to step that up in his absence and they had and they had guys that were able to do so. Uh, so it was just kind of banding together and say, hey, like we're not going to let this affect our penalty kill overall um and just kind of every individual stepping up their game especially like marco scandela dude i mean i know we we mentioned it in passing a couple episodes like that he's been good for the blues but like i don't i think uh it's underestimated how much of an impact his play and how much it's it's completely turned like a 180 uh from just absolutely ragging on him all season long to what we're seeing now i mean the dude is uh about as reliable as as a D-man that you could have in the back end right now. So, yeah, I mean, can't complain. About I that. talked about it a lot in my in my solo episode that I did a few days ago. Just how having a defensive group of having Pareko and Scandella on one pairing, um, Falk and Letty on another, and then you pop up the third pairing, who's headlined by Tory Krug. This defense all of a sudden is is starting to look a little scary. You know, they're still not at the level that they were in 2019. You know, they're not that powerhouse, suffocating, impossible to score on defense. But all of a sudden, this defense is sort of transitioning into what was absolutely the weakest point of the St. Louis Blues to almost a positive, if I might even go that far. Yeah, and you, I even bringing in Nick Letty, I mean, you you obviously have Tory Krug, who's a power play quarterback through and through. But I think uh, at times when we've seen Nick Letty on the power play, he's done just as well uh so really bringing him in uh to be an offensive guy and and move the puck more so than uh lock it down and be shut down defenseman which is i think a lot of what uh blues fans were looking for at the deadline obviously doug armstrong had um different ideas but i don't think those different ideas were wrong or that those different ideas uh haven't been executed because i mean playing keep away and keeping the puck in the offensive zone for the St. Louis Blues is probably the best defense that you could probably ask for. And I think Nick Letty does a fantastic job of that, along with transitioning out of the zone. Um, Tory Krug plays into that as well. So if the Blues are just playing keep away in the offensive zone, uh, that benefits the offense, that benefits the defense, because they're not as stressed out about um, blocking shots and getting down and winning those uh, crease battles in front of the goaltending. And it helps the goaltending because they're not staring down the barrel of the gun for a solid five, ten minutes or however long um, the opposition is just barreling down on the D. So I think it takes off a lot of pressure in uh, really all three zones of the game, and that's extremely beneficial for a Blues team that, as as we talked about and as we've seen, has struggled defensively at times this season. Now here in this third segment, we're going to hope that all of the positives that we talked about in the second segment can come together and a W for the Blues, because it's been oh so long since we've seen one of those. Um, as they take on the San Jose Sharks tonight at, like, literally midnight, pretty much. It's going to be a late, late game. I'm going to be delirious by the time the final buzzer goes off. But let's hope, as I am fighting back sleep and, and trying to stay awake, that I'm watching... Uh, Swatch with one eye. Yeah, watching Jordan, Jordan Bennington and the St. Louis Blues celebrate a victory tonight against the San Jose Sharks. So in this third segment, we're going to get into the keys of how they can do that, especially with Jordan Bennington starting in goal. Um, 
Should be an exciting game. Should be a tough one to get through on my end, just because it is going to be literally one in the morning by the time it finishes. Uh, but just subscribe to a new streaming service called the Back of Your Eyelids. Uh, honestly, honestly, <laughs> just going to get like the the Neuralink feed of the game in my head. <laughs> going to get Elon Musk up in here. Um, if you want to bet on whether or not I'll stay awake through the game. You can't find that on betonline.net. Maybe you can just like message me on Twitter and I'll send you a Venmo or something. But if you want to bet on literally anything else, you got to check out betonline.net. Because betonline.net is your number one source for all betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts, and we'll be right back with the third segment of today's episode. All right, Tommy, I got a question. When you when you were when you were when you're like younger, like living with your parents and stuff, like getting into video games and you're playing late at night and you, you gotta celebrate, but you gotta get into that whisper yell. You're like, Yeah, let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. So that's gonna be us tonight, because this game is late as heck. Ten thirty Eastern, nine thirty central. By the time the puck drops, it's gonna be close to eleven. It's gonna be crazy. So Especially me with a roommate, paper thin walls here at this apartment complex. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing that whisper cheer. What are the keys to get as many whisper cheers as possible tonight? What do the Blues need to do to come away with a victory against the San Jose Sharks? Maybe get that four plus goal game streak back in action. Should be a fun game. What what do you what do you think are the keys to success? Much like any game uh, that the St. Louis Blues play, it's gonna weigh heavily on their offense to uh, produce. But I think that depth scoring is gonna. Uh, play a major role here too because i mean uh the sharks have a first line of timo meyer uh tomas hurdle and jonathan dolan and it's i mean dolan the jury's still out on but hurdle and meyer are their bread and butter i mean that and they've been riding their coattails that's been most of their success this season has come through those two so uh those guys will probably stack up pretty well against whatever blues line goes up against them uh but after that kind of falls off and i think that's where the blues uh, kind of like shark mentality. They're just going to be circling them. Uh, they're playing the sharks, uh, but they're going to be circling them like all game, right? And then waiting for the perfect opportunity to strike. And I think that is the opportunity to strike when they roll out that second line matchup, that third line matchup, that fourth line matchup, where um, they're not so much 50-50, not even close to 60-40, but it's like 70-30 in favor of the St. Louis Blues. And I think uh, that's where... Uh, that's where the Blues are going to be successful against the San Jose Sharks. Defense does their thing. Goaltending continues to be hot. Whoever's in net, I think Jordan Bennington's making the start tonight, but uh, it really doesn't matter at this point because both of them uh, have been hot, and hopefully he continues that momentum into the playoffs. So the question of who starts Game 1 becomes even more difficult because that's a great problem to have. Tommy, I'm looking at the, the San Jose Sharks uh, daily faceoff right now. I dare you to name one player in their bottom six. One player. With just just off the top of the dome. <laughs> I can't. I know I know they got they got Benino, but I don't think he's playing I don't think he's playing. Second in the line six. left wing, Nick Benino. Yeah. Alright, so you give up? Yeah, I don't know. Acceptable answers would have been Rudolph's Balsers, Thomas oh, yeah. Bordolo, Noah Gregor, who I've heard of. I've heard of like three of these guys. Scott Reedy, Sasha 
Chmelski. You don't know Sasha? I no, I've Sasha and I, I go I, way I've heard back, that bro. name. I just was was stumbling a little bit over the 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 I've never heard closeness of, of vowels or of consonants in that last name. Um, and Jeffrey Veal. So, yeah, not not too familiar with the offense there. Not so much the star power that the St. Louis Blues had. No, not not quite. Not not quite. Have you heard of Jordan Cairo? Yeah, he's on the Blues' third line. That's okay. Possibly fourth. I don't That's know. That's okay because they got first line, uh, our first pairing left defenseman Mario Ferraro. He's actually been really good. No, for I know him this he season. has. He has. It's just a whole lot of names yeah. that aren't aren't familiar with the I San Jose you. Sharks. Uh, no, but I think you you're, you're right. I mean, anytime you go into an NHL game, no matter who the opponent is, um, jokes on the Sharks aside, um, you you can lose if you don't play prepared. If you don't come in prepared, and it seems like it's a pretty pretty simple recipe for success tonight. Against the San Jose Sharks, the Blues have the depth advantage. Um, yeah, that top line of the Sharks can probably stack up with the top line of the Blues. And Brent Burns is Brent Burns, and they have a defense that's pretty, you know, pretty pretty uh, able of carrying their own weight. Uh, a lot of injuries for the Sharks as well. Um, but I and also a lot of Sharks fans want Brent Burns to play forward. So if that tells you anything <laughs> about. Uh, what his skill set brings, uh, that is a hole that the Blues can absolutely penetrate offensively, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Pause. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, whew, we're, we're, we're pushing, the, pushing the envelope with this one, huh? <laughs> That's twice now. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of just getting back down to basics in terms of doing what you know worked amongst that win streak and amongst the point streak that they're still they're still riding it's you, you can't get too arrogant like we said um james reimer is starting a net for the san jose sharks he's he's you know seen seen his way around the nhl he's not going to be an easy easy guy to crack there at the goaltending position so he was hot earlier this season too yeah exactly so i don't know what he's been up to lately but i know he got hurt for a little the bit, blues so. are gonna have their work cut out for them obviously you know they're not playing the boston bruins again they're not playing a huge playoff contender but it's the sharks we 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 know what it's like to play against the sharks they're they're gonna be pes- pesky they're gonna they're gonna make it tough on you you know so again i think it just comes down to sticking to basics and if the blues do that they'll be able to come away with a victory that being said tommy who is your pick for locked on player of the game and why i haven't checked the lineup so i don't know if he's playing or not but i was talking to some uh, another blues fan today about just the blues in general and they were like they were saying who do you think is the most underrated player on the st louis blues right now and they were they were bringing up robert thomas and they were bringing up jordan cairo and although i feel like those are i feel like those are great players obviously and a lot of like the nhl is still learning a lot about them and obviously we're behind them 100 percent even Robert Thomas is getting a ton of national attention now. I feel like everyone's opinion of those two players are a lot closer to where they should be now. And I'm looking for more of like a dark horse, like way far off, like expectation. So I think um, an extremely underrated player on the St. Louis Blues right now, who is not even close to the potential that they could possibly bring to the NHL, but has a lot of potential in the NHL is Logan Brown. Ooh. I think he's got the size of an NHL. Okay. He's got the hands. He's got the speed. And his shot absolutely plays. He kind of reminds me, his play style reminds me of Tage Thompson. Now, obviously, like, Tage scoring 30-plus goals this year and doing great things for the Sabres. Having that same kind of career path, even if he's a late bloomer, would be fantastic for Logan Brown. Um, 
That being said, he's a long way from getting there. He's a lot of work from getting there, but I think that he's capable. So I'm going to go with uh, locked on player of the game, Dark Horse, Logan yeah, Brown. Yeah, and Logan Brown, Logan Brown is playing. He is the fourth line center. Tommy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride your coattails a little bit and and sort of hop on with that that similar energy. I want to talk about a guy that uh, that I've always had had an affinity for as a St. Louis Blues fan. Um, and if Logan Brown is going to have success tonight, then one of his line mates is probably also going to have success tonight. So I'm banking on you being correct because I think Nathan Walker is going to have himself a night. Um, I think he thrives in games like this, games that are a little gritty, little physical, you know, a little less skill based, a um, little more just getting down to the, like I said, the meat and potatoes, if you will. Um, and if you're talking depth scoring, you're talking about that fourth line. And Nathan Walker's got himself close to 10 goals this season. Um, Always looks like he's having an absolute blast out there. Uh, and I love when he plays with Logan Brown. And I know Torpchenko's not playing tonight, but I love when the the three of them play together and it's six foot six Logan Brown, six foot six Alexi Torpchenko, and then five foot seven or five foot eight Nathan Walker. It is a hilarious image. Um, but he plays above his height. Uh, and he's kind of been sneaky, like the heart and soul of this Blues bottom six lately. He really just brings that energy anytime he's out there. He's like a little water bug just flying up and down the ice, getting in everyone's business. Yeah, yeah, just boom, he's over there. Boom, he's over there. Puck's in the corner, Nathan Walker's there. Puck's popping out front for a rebound, he's there too. He's been everywhere, and I, I really like his game. I think he brings a lot to that bottom six and to that to that fourth line that was once a revolving door that we kind of talked about at the beginning of the season. So, uh, for for once, Tommy, I think we're kind of on the same page. We almost got co-locked on player of the game. I think Logan Brown, Nathan Walker, uh, and Dakota Joshua, I believe. I think that fourth line is going to have uh, some success tonight. That So, for that reason, I'm picking Nathan Walker as my lockdown player of the game. That being said, though, Tommy, unless you got anything else to add, I think that's all we got. No, I just like the identity of that fourth line. I don't think it's completely where it wants to be yet because, like you said, it's kind of been a revolving door and, like, Torpachenko's not healthy right now and they're having guys... Uh, mix in and mix out but I think by the time that playoff starts um, it's absolutely going to be where it wants to be and it needs to be for the Blues to be successful and gain that momentum going into it so uh, that bottom six that bottom that fourth line uh, getting a goal tonight in particular uh, would absolutely help on I'm thinking Nathan Walker's gonna get himself another hat trick obviously yeah I I like the odds there oh man I, I wonder what the odds would be on that one Anyways, that being said, put it down. That is all the time we have for you guys today. Uh, late, late game tonight, so we'll be we'll be following along on Twitter, um, and we should have a, a another similar recap and preview episode tomorrow because I think they play late night against Saturday. So if you don't want to miss that or any future episodes, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Hit that notification bell. That way you never miss a new upload. You never miss seeing us in crystal clear HD. We're having a lot of fun doing that. Growing past 200 subscribers. It's been great. Uh, follow us on all of our socials. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook at Blues. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hammond NHL. Follow Tommy at TWelcher15. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.